Hey, y'all. I'm a little jet lag. Just got in from Southern Virginia. Um, we actually have two seats up here in the front, so if any of y'all talkers in the back want to come somewhere, I can look you in the eye when you're too loud for me. We can have some one-on-one uh, -on -one time. Yeah, so wasn't this great? Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, I feel like we just sat through a really long four-course meal, you know, and like I'm the dessert that they tack on at the very end, and you eat it, and you feel really gross after. I like that feeling. So uh, yeah, let's get started here. So I've told four different guys that I've loved them. Of those four, I meant it to zero. The first was, uh, or number one, was my first boyfriend. We hooked up at summer camp, and uh, he was the first guy that I ever slept with. So it was in the middle of July, and it was hot, and it was sweaty, and I was cramped, and I was confusing physical exhaustion with romantic entanglement, rookie mistake, and I couldn't actually verbalize the words, I love you. So instead, I prefaced them with, in this moment, <laughs> I love you, which is a quote that I hijacked from the perks of being a wallflower. Number two uh, was an alcoholic daddy, and by daddy, I mean that I was closer in age to his nine-year-old son than I was to him. Uh, uh, number three and I exchanged I love yous after I introduced him to Molly for the first time, and I told number four that I loved him when his debit card got declined at brunch because I wanted to defuse the situation. <laughs> so... My romantic history is bad. I'm actually in the middle of a self-imposed four-week hiatus from dating or fooling around or anything like that because I had this idea that if I ever sat down with someone and gave an honest, earnest recollection of everyone that I've ever fooled around with or dated, any sane dude would fucking dart for the door, right? And if they stuck around, then I'd be turned off because they thought that I was some sort of like fixer-upper or charity case. And I know the guys that I've fucked. They're not all that cute. So it's, it's, it's through these one-offs that I, I began to really feel like I, I have like a, an understanding or an idea of, of what a relationship is. And it was about a month ago that I met this guy who encouraged me to go on a journey of, of, of reflection and, and spiritual understanding of, of why it is that this, this happens to me. Um, he was a lovely boyfriend of one night. So our meet-cute was at Hella Tight. It's a, uh, a, a gay boy dance party in, in Soma, hosted by my favorite drag queen, Lindsay Slowhands. She's fantastic. And uh, <laughs> I, I like the crowd. There's, they're a, a fairly attractive crowd. Uh, pretty fit, but not in the gross, roided-out, insta-gay way. You know, they're approachable. And they're also pretty smart, and I, I could be taking my one encounter with this, this one gentleman and just projecting that on an entire crowd of very drunk people, and I am, but I'm okay with that. So I was uh, sauntering through the bar from one of my many trips to the bathroom, and many trips to the bathroom, and he, uh, he grabs my arm, but not in a molesty way, right? Like, I think if I wasn't attracted to him, maybe it would have been kind of weird, but I thought he was really hot. He was tall and beefy and bearded and had like a questionable hairline that 
put him somewhere between 29 and 35. But when he touched me, I was just like, whoa, holy smokes, this guy thinks that I'm really hot. And so I decided in that moment that I was going to do everything possible within my power to make sure that this man went home and had the most consensual fuck with me. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, um... He makes some sort of joke about the three dra drag queens on stage looking like the sisters in Heim, and I don't really hear him, so he makes the joke again, and I still don't fully understand him, so if my memory is to be taken at face value, we then teleport back to his apartment. And uh, his apartment was beautiful. Now, at the age of 25, I decided that I have a thing for, for men with a refined taste. You know, there's only so many times uh, that you can go home with someone and, and realize that they have a horrendous apartment. So you go back with them, and they're, like, they have dirty clothes on the floor. Their bed isn't made. There's a fucking empty beer can on their nightstand. Like, that's what my apartment looks like. So I don't want that in any of my suitors. So I, I, we go back to his place, and like, holy fuck, his apartment has rooms. It's not one of these Victorian rail car apartments where there's two extra roommates in the living room and a fucking third in the bathroom for good measure. Like, he lives alone. Not only does he live alone, but he has good decor. His taste is like quirky and interesting and there's a He-Man action figure in the bathroom. And I see it and I'm like, okay, you, uh... You had a thing for He-Man when you were a kid. You really fell for like a hypersexualized homoeroticized show geared for children. I can get into that. Uh, and so uh, when, he, when I go back to his place, I, I couldn't tell you why. Remember, we teleported. I knew that I wasn't going to hook up with him. And this wasn't because I was playing coy. I wasn't trying to be polite and wait until the first date. You see, before I met him, three weeks earlier was San Francisco Pride. <laughs> and uh, after a couple of weeks, I, I, on Monday, I went and got tested. Tuesday, I got a call from the CDC, and I still wasn't ready to be having sex with anyone. So, um, you know, nevertheless, she persisted, and I head back to his bedroom, and he takes his top off, and he has great tits, and... I take my pants off and show off my sexy candy cane underwear, and he's giving me an over-the-boxer handy J, and now we're dry humping, and it's going well. And then he slides a hand in my pants, and I'm like, ah, we can't do that, and so I shut it down. But this is when we truly fall in love. You see, at this point, he gives me a toothbrush. <laughs> And I don't know what TV show it was I saw or like what movie I watched, but something about giving a toothbrush to me makes me feel like we have something serious going on. Like that's a signifier of permanence in a relationship. And uh, you know, you, you give me a toothbrush, it's like giving Dobby a sock. I think you want me to stick around. And uh, as I'm retelling this, I'm thinking maybe I just had really stank breath. <laughs> it's like fix it. Uh, so, so he gave me this, he gave me this toothbrush, and I'm smitten as a kitten, and I very casually but suavely, I'm like, hey, so what you got going on tomorrow? And he's like, oh, nothing. So I'm like, okay, great, you know, there's an investment on both sides here, sure, we didn't bone, but like, you know, we, you want to get to know me a little bit. So, we wake up, and we're kissing, and we're dry humping, 
and then I'd put the kibosh on it. But after that, we started cuddling. And so now I'm just getting all of these ideas in my head about what our day is going to look like, right? Maybe we'll go to a museum in Golden Gate Park or on a taco tour of the mission, something that a sophisticated, cultured man with a kick-ass apartment would love to do. So I, I, I'm, I'm really excited, and I'm, I'm thinking about all these ideas, and then it dawns on me that I don't know his name. <laughs> and then I ask him what he does to try and see if it'll jog any memories, and he's like, dude, we talked about me being a cartographer for hours last night. Uh, so I had a phenomenal time with this man, but I didn't remember any of it. So tell me why my sloppy dumb ass was still surprised when he kicked me out. So uh, I, I hand him my phone, and he's putting his number in it. He has to go work out at 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning. And uh, this is when I get really excited, because he actually takes the time to text himself from my phone. And if you've ever been kicked out of someone's house, that means that they want to see you again. So I'm like, OK, today's not the day, but tomorrow could work. Wait, shit, tomorrow's a Monday. A fucking date on a Monday is a job interview. No one wants that. Oh my god, I'm totally free this week. We can make this work. Uh, friends, I got dumped twice by a man that I knew for 14 hours. You see, as I was trying to pinpoint a time, a place, and a date for us, he like, just straight up was like, listen, dude, I'm seeing someone else, and you're too young for me. Uh, which I think puts him on the older end of 29 to 35. And it's also probable that he told me his, his age the night before, but shit, that's not a fact I'll ever have access to. So... I swallow my pride, accept my fate, and pretend like I'm calling a car so I can just jet the fuck out of there. So uh, I, I, I walk out of the, the home that I thought we would one day share, <laughs> and then I walk a few more blocks until it's safe to call the car and know that he won't see me doing it, and uh, I mournfully open Grinder. <laughs> so the moral of the story is that, you know, I, I, maybe I've said a couple of fake I love yous here, there, there, and there, uh, but at least I had this one dude who could show me what infatuation felt like over 14 hours. And if any of you are sexy, single, ready to mingle, and don't mind a little bit of tingle, I'll be here after the show. Thank you.